Today we are continuing our series called The Everyday Church. If you have a copy of the scriptures and you want to get a head start, I'm going to be in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 14. This is kind of a, a continuation, and if you've been a part of the series, you know this is a continuation from Vision Day, where we talked about moving from the Sunday church to becoming the everyday church. And how do we do that? Well, it's about following the life and the ministry of Jesus. And what we've been talking about over these past few weeks is this idea of what Jesus did. He would engage with one. He would engage with three, uh, the Peter, James, and John. He engaged with the 12, the disciples, engaged with one another, the, the crowds. And so we talked about this idea of how do we move from being passive observers to becoming passionate followers? Like you're watching right now <laughs> because you don't want to be passive. You want to be a passionate follower. So we've been talking about these, these eight core practices, and it's these eight core practices that move us from passive to passionate. And, and let's just recap them for a moment here. Uh, the first one was daily devotions. We talked about cultivating the soil of your soul in the word of God every day. Then we talked about sacrificial serving, how intersections are not an inconvenience, they are an opportunity. Serve somebody. Turn to somebody and tell them, serve somebody. Serve somebody. And we talked about continual surrender. Continual surrender is giving up my way, and it requires continual surrender to God's way. Talked about sharing Christ and how God's purpose and plan is you. You are one of the few. God wants to use you. And then we talked about persistent prayer. That was such a powerful week. We talked about don't give up. Instead, get up and pray. And then last week, Pastor Eric, I mean, wow, what an insanely amazing message as he talked about godly friendship. So helpful to me personally where he said, life is better when people are brought together. So today, we're going to move from uh, the one, the three, and the 12 to talking about engaging with one another. What does that look like to engage with one another? How did Jesus do that? And we're going to talk about this core practice of generous giving, generous giving. So if you have a Bible, uh, Matthew chapter 14 and if you are new to the scriptures, maybe you're brand new uh, to a church. Well, this Matthew was a, a follower of Jesus, one of the disciples, and he wrote down the stories and the accounts of Jesus. And this is one of the most famous in all of scripture. If you grew up in church, you're gonna, you know this story already, and I don't even have to read it. You know it, but let's, let's read it together. It's in, uh, starts in verse uh, 15. So Jesus, let me set this up, Jesus has gone off by himself for a little getaway with the disciples, but the crowds found out where he was going. He had compassion on them, and he decided, you know, I'm going to teach them, and I'm going to heal them. And then we read this in verse 15. It says, that evening the disciples came to him, and they said, hey, this is a remote place. It's, it's getting late. You need to send these crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy some, some food for themselves. But Jesus said, and Jesus always says the strangest stuff, that isn't necessary. You feed them but we only got a few loaves, a couple of fish. What? Jesus said, bring them here. And then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up toward heaven and he, and he blessed them. 
By the way, that's one of the reasons why we pray for food. You ever wonder why we pray before meals? This is one of the reasons. It's because it's what Jesus did. It's always this practice of being thankful for whatever you've got. So then breaking the loaves and pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples and they distributed it to the people. This is the crazy miracle that if you grew up in church, you know this. They all ate as much as they wanted and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day. That's just the men, so they believe there's about 15 to 20,000 people. In addition to all the women and children, there was, a, there was a lot of people that ate that day. So today I wanna talk about this practice of generous giving. Let's pray wherever you are. God, thank you for the moments we have to be gathered together. And we just ask that in this moment, you would speak to us. You would change us, make us a little bit more like Jesus today for our community and for our world that is in such desperate need right now in Jesus' name. And in your neighborhood gathering, everybody said, amen. Anybody remember uh, tube TVs? Anybody remember that? Yeah. Okay. So if you are, if you're like over the age of 20, you probably know what a tube TV is. If you're under the age of 20, you're probably like, is that a new streaming service? You know, <laughs> which no, 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 it's not. I mean, anybody remember when, when TVs were like a piece of furniture in your home? I mean, back in the day, I mean, that's a, that's quite a, quite a while back. Well, um, I, I was one of the, the last holdouts for a flat screen TV. This is about 10 years ago. And just about everybody had one or was getting one. And, and I, I didn't have one for our family. I wanna say it's because I'm frugal. My family would say it's because I'm cheap. And I call it being a dad, okay? And every dad, come on, where you are, say, that's right, amen. Yeah, because if you're a dad, you know, that's just how you feel. Like, you don't, be, you don't need no HD, Come on, back in the day, let me tell you, I had a TV with legs on it. Oh yeah, yeah, we had to get up to change the channel. That's right, and we only had three of them. Come on, I am preaching up in here right now. <laughs> but we went, on, we went on vacation, and when we were coming back from vacation, I walked into the living room, and sitting in my living room was no tube TV anymore, there was a brand new 42 inch flat screen HD TV. And I want to tell you, when I saw that thing, I immediately turned to Laura and I was like, and she's like, ah, I didn't have anything to do. She's like, I didn't do it. Somebody had given us a TV. My, my kids were hugging it. They were so excited. I mean, they, they like slept with it that night. I mean, it was, I was Speechless. I didn't, I didn't, I was like, how did they even know this? I was like, my kids must have been running around, like putting hints out to people. Have you ever had somebody be generous to you? I mean, they gave you a financial blessing or they just gave something that was completely unexpected. It's an amazing feeling, is it not? I mean, it just feels so good. But have you ever been on the other side of that? Like, have you ever given to someone? That's an entirely different experience, is it not? It feels good to get something, but when you give something to someone of some significance, it, it's so much fun to do that. There's so much joy that comes from that. I think all of us want to be generous. We all want to be generous, but 
let's just be honest. Generosity does not come natural, and it certainly doesn't come easy. So today, what I want us to do is spend a few minutes discovering the, the joy, the beauty, the, the freedom that comes from generosity. So when we look at this, this story here of the feeding of the 5,000, usually our, our, we look at it through the eyes of the crowd. And we look at it from how we are in need and how God will supply all of our needs. And that is so true. But that's not the angle I want to take today. Today, I want us to look through the eyes of the disciples. And I want us to discover what it takes to be a generous person. What it takes to to live out this practice of generous giving. So again, there's this, this large crowd there. They're following Jesus. There's like 15 to 20,000 of them. And uh, they're in a very remote place. Okay, so they're, they're, they're way out of town. And it's, it's dinner time. There, there's no Taco Bueno nearby that they can, they can access. And, and we read this in verse 15. Look with me at verse 15. This is one of the disciples who says, this is a remote place. It's, it's getting late. Say this with me in your neighborhood gathering. Send the crowds away. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. So the disciples here, they recognize the problem, but they did not see themselves as the solution. I think we're all guilty of that. I mean, we see the needs that are, that are all around us and we're like, you know, somebody... Somebody should do something about that right there. Somebody should send them a stimulus check. Get that person something. Help them out, Mr. U.S. government. I mean, we think somebody else should do something about that. We, we don't see ourselves as a part of the solution. Look at verse 16. But Jesus said this to his disciples. That isn't necessary. Say it with me. You feed them. Come on, turn to somebody in your neighborhood gathering and tell them, you feed them. You feed them, or maybe turn to somebody and say, you feed me, because it's breakfast or lunchtime. You can put that on somebody else today. You feed them. I can just see the disciples in this moment. They're like, feed them? Feed them with, what? What's, what, how? They look at this, and they didn't see that Jesus had uniquely positioned them to meet the need. I'd like for you to write this down. Don't send those away that God has sent your way. Don't send away those God has sent your way. God has uniquely positioned you and he's positioned me, he's positioned all of us to meet the needs that are around us. You, you have been uniquely positioned in this church. You have been uniquely positioned in this community. In your, in your neighborhood, there are needs. And, and there are people in your neighborhood, that they need things. And, and God has positioned you to meet those needs. God's positioned you in your workplace. There are people in your workplace that are in need. And God has positioned you to be generous to people in your workplace. On your campus, in your dorm room, in your apartment community, all around us, God has uniquely positioned us. So the disciples, they, they start asking around. They're going throughout the crowd trying to figure out to, to try to find something and see if anyone has anything they might be willing to share. 
And then they come back in verse 17, it says this. But, but listen, we, we, we only got five loaves of bread and, and two fish. Now, in one of the other gospels, John, who's one of the disciples, he wrote about, and he said that it was a boy. When, the, when they went throughout the crowd, they found this boy, and he, he had the, the loaves and, and the fish that we are familiar with. And what's interesting when you think about it is the boy was not the only person that had food. Usually when we think about this story, we, we think uh, there's 15 to 20,000 people, and nobody's got any food. But come on, there's 15 to 20,000 people. There are people that have food but not everyone was willing to share it or give it up. And I think that is often the problem is I, I don't want to give up what I got. Listen, you understand, I've got to have my latte. I, I've got to have my caramel mocha latte with the skim milk, with the little chocolate sprinkles. You don't understand. I need that. God has placed resources in our hands. So, so how are you using those resources that he's given to you? Truth is, you have more than you think you have. Well, turn to somebody, encourage them, tell them you have more than you think you have. Now, before you think, I, I, I got nothing, I mean, just ask yourself some questions. Do I really need that new streaming service that just came out that they're telling me I've got to have and I'm missing out on that show and everybody's talking about that show. Do you really have to have, do you really have to have that new phone upgrade? Is that really necessary? Like, do you, do you really need that new video game? Do, do you need that new shirt, that, the, that new, do you need that purse? Do you need that new wallet? Do you need that new watch? Uh, okay, maybe you need the watch. I get that. I, I need a new watch. But it, do you really have to have those things? God has blessed you to be a blessing. I'd like for you to write that down. God has blessed me to be a blessing. God has blessed you to be a blessing. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them right now, hey, feel free to bless me anytime you want. <laughs> feel free to bless me anytime you want. Okay, so they, they, they got the, this, this small, you know, fish and some bread. And Jesus says in verse 18, these simple words, bring them here, bring them here. And the disciples, again, they're like, I mean, just think of it. They're like, bring what? Like we got some fish sticks and some rich crackers. Like, what are you, what are you going to do with that? Did he, what difference is that going to make with this 15 to 20,000 people that are here? This is often what holds us back from giving because we think we look down at what we have and we think, what, what difference is this gonna make? Why, why give this? It's so small, it's so insignificant. Is this really gonna make a difference? But here's the thing, God can multiply. We serve a God of multiplication and he can, he can multiply it. And what you have to give matters and it matters to God. There's a great story of this in Luke chapter 21. You can read it later. It's a very small, short story, and I'll just summarize it for you. Jesus is in the temple. He's at church, and he's watching the offering. <laughs> Let that sink in for just a moment. Jesus is watching the offering. He's watching what you're giving every single week. Let, let that weight just sit on you for just a moment. So there's these rich people, and they're coming along, and, and they're throwing their offering in, and the disciples are like, dang, did you see that? Woo, wow, man, that's wow. And then this, this 
elderly lady, she's a widow, and she comes along. Nobody sees her. She's very just, she puts in this really insignificant offering, just a, just a couple of coins, and nobody really sees her, but Jesus sees her. And Jesus stops the disciples and says, did you see that? And they're like, did you see, did you see what? <laughs> so did you see that lady? She gave more than everyone else because she gave everything that she has. So let me ask you this, how, how do you hold money? Do, do you have a scarcity mindset or do you have an abundance mindset? When you have a scarcity mindset, you hold money like this. I, I, and you're just like, man, I, I never have enough and I gotta hold on to, to what I got because I don't know when I'm, when I'm gonna need it. I, I, I wanna help, but I, I, I gotta keep it for myself. But, but when you have an abundance mindset, you, you hold money like, like this. You might still be saying, I, I don't have enough, but you're saying, God, you, you have more than enough. God, you, you have unlimited resources. See, when you hold money like this with a scarcity mindset, it, and your, your hand is closed, your, your heart will be closed. But, but, when, but when your hand is open, your heart becomes open, and God then can use you to be generous in the life of others. Don't send away those God has sent your way. Come on, turn to somebody in your gathering, tell them, don't send them away. Don't send them away. So it's interesting in this story is that the bread and the fish, they did not multiply until the disciples gave it to Jesus. Look, look at verse 20 and, and say this first part. In your neighbor gathering, everybody say this first part with me. They all ate as much as they wanted. Like as you're gathered in your neighborhood gathering, you know, I don't know if somebody made a casserole. I don't know what, they, what kind of chips they brought. I don't, I don't know if you're meeting in the morning or the afternoon or the evening, but when our neighborhood gatherings get together, it always involves food. But just imagine there's food and you could just keep going back for seconds and thirds and, and, and fourths. They, they ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. God can't multiply what you don't give him. So often I'm, what I say is this, I say this, I don't know about you, but I know I say this and I'm guilty of it as I say, I'll give it when I get it. But here's the, the struggle. Once I get it, it's hard to give it. Like right now we're in the middle of March Madness and those of you that know me, I live for March Madness. I, the first two days of the tournament, I take vacation days. And every year as a tradition, Laura makes me her homemade cinnamon rolls. And oh my goodness, I don't know if I look forward to the tournament or the cinnamon rolls more. I, I'm, it's, it's a toss up. But, and she always makes a lot. So this year, no exception, she makes, and there's, I count them, there's a dozen cinnamon rolls, fresh out of the oven, the waffling, the smell, can you smell it right now? I mean, it's just, and I'm looking down at these and I'm thinking, oh, these are all mine. They're all mine. And I'm not kidding you. This thought came to my head is, I can't eat all these. But truthfully, I was like, I need to probably give them to my neighbors, maybe take them to staff meeting this week. And I thought, no, no, these are, these are mine. It's just weird. When you get it, it's hard to give it. Come on. Think about the stimulus check that you've gotten. 
Okay, many of us have already gotten that. You got your $1,400 or your $2,800, or if you've got multiple kids, you've probably gotten like $7,000. I know people that have gotten over $10,000, okay? Think about it. You're like, I, when I get it, I'll give it. And now you got it. And think about how hard it is. You got free money. Well, it's not free. We all know it ain't free. Come on, somebody. But you got free money. And think about how hard that is to give. And the disciples, they could have kept it for themselves. But they didn't. I mean, who would have blamed them? I mean, they, they were hungry, but they gave it. And then God, or Jesus, God in the flesh, multiplied it. So we're in, we're in the Lent season right now. And in the Lent season, one of the pillars of Lent is charity. The word charity, which when we think about giving to charity, charity is simply this idea of, of generosity, of of giving. And so I want to give you two practical ways that you can practice generosity. And I'd like for you to write these down. Number one, write this down, charity in my church. Charity in my church. Here's the thing, the church is not just another charity. There's a lot of great charities that you can give to out there. But what I want you to think of is this, don't give to the church like you give to another charity. They're great, they're amazing, but I'm telling you, no other organization on the planet can do what the church can do. The church has the ability to raise the dead, okay? Think about that. When you give to the church, you are helping to take people from death, from sin, to life in Christ, to finding hope and healing and peace and purpose. That alone should inspire all of us to give exponentially. It should challenge all of us. It should spur us all. Man, why would I not do that? Here's the thing. You, let me, maybe, maybe you've never given before. I want to encourage you. It's the Lent season. During the Lent season, if we're be practicing charity, I want to encourage you to give. Next week, we're going to be taking our Easter offering. What a great opportunity to give. What a great thing to give to our children and youth ministry, our children going from death to life. Pray about what would God have you give and, and give. Maybe, maybe, maybe you give occasionally. You give when you can. I want to challenge you to begin the practice of giving regularly, giving weekly, we're giving monthly, no matter what, saying no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, I'm gonna give. Or maybe you give regularly. I wanna encourage you to begin the practice of tithing. Now, if you're new to church, tithing is the practice of giving 10% of everything that God gives us, including a stimulus check. And that may be very challenging to you, but I'm not asking you to do anything that Laura and I don't practice, that our staff doesn't practice, that our leadership team doesn't practice, that so many people in our congregation practice regularly, the giving of 10%. I mean, it's, it's something we see a practice throughout scripture. It's something we see throughout church history. But how is God challenging you? Charity in my church. The second thing is this, charity in my community. Write that down, charity in my community. Again, God has uniquely positioned you in the community to meet the needs of others. Begin to open your eyes to the people in your neighborhood, to the people at the grocery store, to the people in the workplace, on your campus, everywhere you go, just start looking for these different opportunities. I'm gonna tell you, this, this year, this is, this is the big one for me is generosity because this year, my word, every, every year I go away on my prayer retreat in January and I ask God, what's the word he has for me personally? 
And this year, the, the word that he's given me is, is a really challenging one. It's not just generosity, but it's extravagant generosity. Extravagant generosity. What I felt God saying to me was, Brad, if you have it, I want you to give it. Now, let me explain that for just a moment. Not, not if I have the margin to give it, but no, no, no. God said to me, if it's in your bank account or it's in your wallet and I show you a need, I want you to give it. Even if you have a bill that's waiting to be paid with that, and I'm, trust me to make up the difference. This was incredibly challenging for me. The scripture God gave me is this, and, and maybe this would be a good one for you to write down or pin up somewhere as you try to practice generosity in your own life. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God will generously provide all you need. Come on, somebody. Then you will always, not sometimes, not every once in a while, but you will, this is a promise. You will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And I want to tell you, this has been challenging for me this year. So I, I said, okay, God, I'm in. I'll do it. During this recent winter storm, I uh, was out shoveling my driveway and my neighbor's son uh, was out shoveling his driveway and I thought, oh, I'll just go over and help him out. And so when I was helping him out and we were, we were shoveling together, we were just kind of uh, having some conversation and, and I said, hey, how's it going? And he, he said, you know, honestly, right now I'm, I've been uh, I'm out of work because of the winter storm. He said, I, I deliver packages and there's no packages to deliver. During the winter storm, it was all shut down. And he said, so I'm not getting paid and and my car is in the shop, and I need to get it out. And he says, it's just so hard. And, and so we, I just encouraged him, and just, uh, you know, we continued to shovel off the drive and got done, and I went in the house. And, and when I went in to change, I was in the bathroom, and I opened up the bathroom cabinet. There in the bathroom cabinet was some cash. And it, it was some cash that Laura and I had been kind of stowing away, you know, for, for needs, you know, things like groceries, you know, stuff like that, you know, just, just some simple stuff. And, and I looked at that and just felt God saying, you need to give him that money. And I was like, oh, come on, God, that's, that's like grocery money. That's, that's got, got, we, that, and God said, I want you to give it. And I said, okay, that's what you called me to do. That's what I'll do. And so I, I, I wrote a little note on it and I just said, hey, um, I hope this helps you. And it was a pretty significant amount of money. And I said, I hope this really helps you to get over the hump. And I just want you to know God sees you, cares about you, and um, be encouraged, you know. And I put it in an envelope, and I walked it next door, and, and I um, handed it to him. And he didn't open it in front of me, but and I just went back to the house. And I'm telling you, the feeling of giving, it was, the feeling I had in that moment of just knowing I did the right thing. God, you'll provide. And I did the right thing. I'd love to tell you I do that every time. And I'd love to end the story and end the service right there. Because it sure makes me look good. <laughs> but it's not always true. And it hasn't been true. In just the first three months of the year, I've had so many epic fails. Just last week, I was at Ross. Dressed for less. Uh, so I was there and I had gotten a gift card. I don't even remember why I got the gift card. It's Christmas or something like that. And I uh, found a pair of shorts and I was like, oh, I like these shorts, but you can't try anything on right now. So I was like, oh, I think these will fit. And, and so I went up and paid for them with the gift card. And when it was over, when it was done, the transaction was done, there was $6 left on the gift card. And as I began to walk out of the store, I sensed God saying, give that $6 to someone behind you. And honestly, in that moment, all I thought about was, 
well, come on, this is my this is my gift card, and plus it's six bucks. That'll buy a shirt. <laughs> Heck, that'll buy a pair of pants, a belt, and shoes, and a whole outfit at Ross. That's <laughs> like, come on, God. And I turned and I walked out of the store. Over six dollars. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh. Now, in full transparency. I'm going to tell you this. When I got home and I tried the shorts on, they did not fit. <laughs> that's, that's God for you right there. Oh, you ain't going to give it? Ain't gonna, I swear, I think an, a miracle happened. They shrank on the way home because they didn't fit when I got to the house, which meant I got to make another run to Ross. And, and I thought, okay, and here's the great thing. We serve a God of second chances. And in full transparency, I want to tell you this. I went yesterday and I exchanged them, and I found a pair of shorts that fit, and I took that $6 gift card, and I didn't use it on the shorts that I bought that cost me even more money. Instead, I, there was somebody standing in front of me, and it was a mom and a daughter, and I handed it to the mom and the daughter, and the daughter, she bought some brownies with it. <laughs> and I'd love to tell you I did that because I'm such a generous person, but to be honest with you, I was like, if I'm gonna preach on generosity, I better get rid of this gift card. I better get rid of it before I preach it. It's, it's not easy. We all wanna be generous but it doesn't come natural and it doesn't come easy. Let's look one more time at 2 Corinthians 9.8. But this time, I want you to take out the word you and put in the word I. And I, I want us to, wherever you are, in your neighborhood gathering, let's all say this together and you're gonna put in the word I where it says you. God will generously provide all I need then I will always have everything I need and plenty left over to share with others. Don't send away those God has sent your way. 